This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. I saw you guys dancing in the chat. All right, what is up? I was just was uh, a, thinking a, that that intro is way more dramatic than we are. I oh well, we can we can fix that. I I am halfway <laughs> through uh, uh, one of my favorite bottles of red wine. We can definitely fix that. Um, but uh, welcome, thank you, thank you. It has been quite a day. Um, and uh, how you doing, Brad? Uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's been a day. There's it's been all kinds day. of stuff going on in the real world, and yeah, uh, let's have a having a little escape here. And yeah, you know. I think I've, uh, uh, between me guesting on uh, Two Met Two's uh, show, I think on Monday, and then the surprise drop of The Mandalorian, we did a Scarif Live on, uh, was it uh, Tuesday? Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, I was on with uh, Andrew and Marisha on uh, Wednesday. Uh, I took a day off, and here we are this uh, Friday for another edition of Scarif Live. It, it, it has been, you know... It's been kind of really cool. I, you know, if, if we can do this full time and kind of hang out and talk Star Wars and be geeky with all our friends over at the Red Five Network, I would be so happy. This is oh, yeah. fantastic. I mean, uh, and it's a good, uh, it's a good wrap up to the week as uh, on Tuesday. You know, after we got done with that show, I mean, Tuesday felt like Friday for me. Yeah, uh, I was already done with the week by that time, but uh, three more days. But here we are. We're good. We're in one piece. Awesome. And thank you guys in the chat. Thank you very much for your patience. I know we started a little late, but uh, we are here now having some fun. This is a very interesting topic. Uh, welcome to a very special edition of Scarif Live. This will be episode number 38. Not to be confused with uh, number 37, uh, which uh, was uh, basically it was that episode, and I'm hoping that you listen to it. Uh, we had an awesome discussion with Andre from Backseat Directors. If you hadn't had a chance to uh, listen, I encourage you guys to download that show. We talked about that very, very exciting movie theater experience, Brad. Looks like my favorite Star Wars movie is coming to theaters again September 25th. I cannot wait to embark on yet another uh, exciting theatrical journey to a galaxy far, far away. I might not be able to go. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. Because, because of all the, the, the COVID crap. So, and of course, I've never seen it in theaters. They, I don't think they, well, no, wait, I'm trying to think. I may have seen that. I don't no, think I, 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 didn't see, I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, I was, I missed it. Yeah. So um, I think I might miss it again unless they, do you know how long they're going to be playing it for? I think it was just that one day. Oh no! Yeah, the twenty fifth, September twenty fifth. Oh. But you know what? I mean, I'm I'm sure they'll uh, they'll roll that out, and uh, I, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm expecting them to maybe announce uh, them doing the same thing to Return of the Jedi, which is your favorite uh, yep. original trilogy film. So uh, that would be a really cool and fun thing to do. Um, hello everybody in the chat. People are just uh, jumping in. Thank you guys for joining us. But, uh, you know, I've been working a lot today, uh, on the red five, uh, network website, kind of streamlining some things, adding some things and folks, you know, I, if, if you guys, uh, you know, remember last time we were uh, live, we talked about our, uh, dark saber contest and, uh, 
We've gotten some really good responses. We've got some really great tweets. And uh, good luck to everybody that has gone to red5network.com. If you pull down on the Net transmission tab and follow the directions in the Dark Saber giveaway contest, uh, you know, answer the sentry mode questions and uh, you can win one of these. This thing's too cool. Uh, Dark Saber from The Mandalorian. And. Uh, Good luck to you all. This is uh, really cool. Uh, Death Star Dispatch had one, and uh, he did a, a nice little, um, you know, post in the dark. I still haven't taken uh, mine out of the box, but I will eventually. But uh, you know, I think the popularity of the dark saber has grown over the last. I think couple so years too. too. I think so too. I think so too. But uh, like I said, I've been working on the website uh, all most of the day, creating graphics for tonight's show. Um, added uh, two more T-shirt designs in our T Public, and everybody uh, go to our T Public uh, site, uh, our store, because we've got. Not only do we have the Scare of Scuttlebutt stuff, we have uh, two new designs for, from the Scare of Scuttlebutt. Uh, somebody had mentioned that they love that George Lucas. Uh, you know, uh, without uh, remember quote. there is without the what was it without the without scuttle, the scuttle there can be no but yeah so we got that design hopefully uh, you know we don't get sued by Mr. Lucas but uh, it's all in good fun he's one of our uh, followers he's one of our followers exactly so uh, yeah. you know head on out there besides uh, scare of podcast stuff we also have some uh, t-shirt designs from some of our Red Five members uh, like uh, Pizza and Parsecs and uh salty nerd podcast uh some of their designs are really awesome so go check them out and i think everything is on sale so what a great time a great opportunity to kind of uh you know su help support the scare podcast we appreciate everything that you guys do um your tweets your retweets your interaction it's uh brad since we started this it's it's been a dream come true i gotta yeah. tell you and, and did you know that fulcrum symbol uh, for pizza and parsecs? You, did you know that was the marking on Ahsoka's forehead? Did, did you know that? I knew that. That's why I gave you. Can I, you I believe there's some people online. out there that did not know that? I like. Uh, what are, they call themselves these Star people? Wars fans. Not true Star Wars fans. Not true. Not true. What? Good the, thing I knew that. Problem. So uh, yeah, you know. The, uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, you know, before we bring out the ladies of Force of Light, Michelle and Natalie, I, I wanted to, you know, tonight's topic is, uh, it's a good one. It's about friendship and love and Star Wars. Um, you know, we, we kind of, uh, I think early on we had made uh, some references to, uh, to shipping, if yep. you recall. So I think the only shipping I do is with FedEx and, and, and UPS. So I don't know what that's all about, but. You're not a, you're not a Raylo. You're not a Raylo. You know, we, we can talk about that. I mean, you I know, think we should. Yeah, that just popped in my head. So I think in, we should. Yeah, I, th I think we definitely should talk about that. But, you, is know, it weird? you know, is it normal? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're just going to have to ask the ladies. Uh, yeah, we'll let them tell us. We'll let them tell us. But, you know, here, here's the thing, you know, friendship in Star Wars, you know, I mean, it started early. You see R2 and 3PO, uh, you know, friends. Uh, through the thick of things, uh, a little, um, you know, it's, it, Star Wars has a very uh, definite message when it comes to, you know, camaraderie and friendship and love and, and stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, obviously 
it's a story about a family, um, you know, somewhat dysfunctional, but uh, it, it is a family. Um, but and speaking of family, uh, you know, I wanted to mention something that's related to tonight's topics. I I was uh, sent this uh, box from one of our patrons, and I want to say thank you to all our patrons because uh, they really uh, support us and help us. Um, but it, it's interesting because we're usually we give the our patrons something, we send stuff out, but this time I, I got this from a patron. I, I have no idea what it is. Um, and I wanted to ask your permission, Brad, if I can open it on tonight's Scarif Live and do a live oh, opening up of yeah. this, of this uh, wonderful thing. That you know, and uh, I forgot a couple times to uh, thank uh, uh, Chorus on Radio Underground the other day on, on our uh, other show. Um, but, uh, yeah, they sent me that T-shirt the other day. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing like, you know, you go to the mailbox and then there, there's something there. You know, and it's something so cool, like like one of their T-shirts. So, uh, you know, send people stuff. What, we, need, we need more gifting to people. You know, just yeah, it's I, nice. I, I love it. It's it's nice. You know, you come home after a hard day of uh, tweeting about Star Wars, and then uh, you have this nice box. And I I do, <laughs> I, I do want to say that this um, this uh, patron swag is from our one of our patrons, and I know you guys know him. It's uh, Nick Sh Nicholas Schaefer, uh, oh, backyard, Nick. backyard Tardis. He was uh, recently on uh, a show uh, with uh, Andrew and Marisha over at the ScienceFictionary.com, uh, talking about the Pillars of Fantasy. Uh, another oh, that's awesome. member of our Red Five Network family. But uh, if you guys love uh, fantasy and sci-fi. Hit them up over there, but um, let's see what this is, guys. Any guesses in the chat room? Uh-oh, I see the word Funko. This is turning into a two-minute oh. show. Oh. Uh oh, all right. Let's uh, let's check this out. Which Funko is it? Oh man, ready, guys? Oh, you're good at the reveal thing. All right, here we go, here we go. Uh-oh, Darth Vader. Woo, look at that. Oh. oh, man. Well, that's a nice one. That is beautiful. That is uh, Funko Pop, Darth Vader. Oh, the Ralph McQuarrie uh, pre uh, uh, That's what it looked like. Oh, that, it, nice. They actually made it Constant. look like that. All right, you can keep that. If it was an Ewok, it was coming my way, but it's 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 Vader, so so you that can keep it. That is nice. So that's gonna sit right next to Vader Vader. And that that's awesome. The... I've not seen that one. Nicholas, thank you so much. Nicholas Schaefer, backyard Tardis. If you guys don't know him, I'm sure you know him. He's uh one of many of our super fans. Uh that's not only ass. us. Not only us, but a lot of uh a lot of the other podcasts uh, as part of the Red Five Network. Thank you guys so much. This is beautiful, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll I guess I'll ask uh, I'll ask uh, Michael over at Two Med Two if I should take it out of the box. But uh, I am not one of those take out of the box guys. I know you know that, uh, Brad. But, yeah. uh, all right, let's get down to business. What are we talking about? Let's uh, let's bring in Force of Light entertainment and have them entertain us but uh here we go <laughs> ladies how are you all right we'll drink and they talk okay. yeah yeah doing good glad to be here 
Uh, the one I'm thing I will say is I, I didn't know that you could see me dancing during the countdown. <laughs> oh yeah, we were. Uh, I was doing that too. <laughs> good to know. Oh, it's a really, really good, uh, good stuff. Uh, very, very humble. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i was just feeling that countdown music yeah <laughs> definitely it was getting me in the zone you know we look yeah. professional and stuff <laughs> <laughs> Brad, I know uh, you guys were you three three of you guys were talking about tonight's uh, topic, and um, you know, like I said earlier, you know, Star Wars is full of uh, not only you know love relationships but uh, friendship, and uh, it's it's kind of refreshing to see the wholesomeness of these types of relationships that uh, that we know from from Star Wars from a galaxy far far away. Um, Brad, is there anything you want to, uh, tell us about, uh, Star Wars relationships? How do you see them? Um, you know, we're, we're all about relationships here at the Red 5 Network. And, uh, here we are with our friends, uh, Natalie and, uh, Michelle talking about this, uh, topic. And it's, uh, it's something that's, uh, it's really interesting. I, I, I think we, we can kind of break it down a little bit tonight. Um, because, you know, you think about the word relationships and, you know, the, the ones really that come to mind, obviously is Han Solo and and Princess Leia. Um, but, uh, there's all sorts of relationships from, you know, Luke and Mara Jade. And you've got, uh, as I mentioned earlier, R2 and 3PO. What do you think, Brad? Well, see, you said Han and Leia, and I was actually thinking Han and Chewie, to tell you the truth. There you go. one of the best, best relationships, uh, there, but, uh, relationships with Star Wars, it's one of those things. If they uh, if if they get it right, it's amazing. If they get it wrong, it's absolutely horrible. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I can't really think of any. I mean, maybe as we talk, something will jog my memory. I can't think of too many horrible ones in the original trilogy. Anything that just didn't work. But uh, I think both the prequel and the sequel trilogy had uh, very much hit or miss relationships. I think both trilogies had some some really good relationships. Uh, even the sequel trilogy, I think some of the you know uh, you know uh, Poe and and Finn or or, or uh, Finn and Ray, you know, I think it, it did have some good relationships. Um, but the ones that were forced, uh, either in the prequel trilogy, which I think includes Padme and Anakin, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the sequel trilogy, whatever was going on with Finn and Rose. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, I, yeah. Probably the worst kiss, uh, on-screen kiss <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, you know, it, it's fun. They they either do it really well or really, there, there's no middle ground, I don't think, with, with Star Wars and relationships. Can I just say, I feel like the kiss between uh, Finn and Rose, you almost feel like Finn felt it was painful too. <laughs> oh, yeah. The look, there, there was nothing, there was, no, there was no return on that one. That was just... Where did that come from? There's so and much I'm, glory. And I'm sure, I'm sure in our youth, we've, we've had that kiss and we've, we've had oh, yeah. to have given somebody that, uh, what do you call it? That, uh, that pity kiss. I love you. I know. Yeah. You know, what do you guys think about, uh, friendships in Star Wars? I know, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Han and, 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 uh, Chewie, but, uh, 
I, I think those friendships are, are really strong. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, the kind of the non-romantic uh, relationships in Star Wars, you know, R2, 3PO, Chewie, Han, uh, even Lando and Lobot. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a friendship there. Natalie, uh, Michelle, what do you guys, what do you guys think about friendship in, in a galaxy far, far away? I'll say, uh, first of all, um, I think that, uh, really friendships in Star Wars is kind of like the heart of it, you know, like, um, I think it's one of the most important things about it. And the things that, uh, the, that we, the viewers love is the relationships and the, these friendships and the way they will sacrifice for one another and help one another out. I think that's one of the greatest things about all of Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. And if you think of it, I know we'll go to Brad's favorite Star Wars movie. In Return of the Jedi, the Emperor tells Luke that his his trust or his faith in his friends will be his undoing. And it's the exact opposite. Like, it's his faith in his friends that they all together work together and bring down this mighty galactic empire. So I think one of the main themes that I see in Star Wars is basically on this greater purpose and mission in life, you have to have friends help you along the way. Like no one, even Luke, the Jedi, can accomplish it on his own. Like we need one another and we have to come together to to, to accomplish those goals. So I see that being a main goal. And then let's just be real. Had these relationships, whether it's R2 and C-3PO, whether it's Chewie and Han, then ultimately Luke and Han, because they form a diehard bromance by they the time do. Empire starts. I mean, it's it, it'll make me laugh almost. They have a scene where they just were like, like the, the love is just so they, between them. And in fact, it's Han that breaks the ice of not even speaking for a moment. <laughs> it's just them staring at each other. And it's like, they don't even need to say it. They have an I know moment with one another in those right. moments. <laughs> So, and so it's all these different relationships that truly, I think even in the original trilogy, that's what sold people. Like, yes, there was all this other stuff, but it was this dynamics between these characters and with Leia added in and it just, so to me, friendship is just at the heart of Star Wars, really. And, uh, and I think uh, one of the best moments uh, you, um, you, you, you were talking about how friendships made things work and how they got things done. I think it was the, one of the best moments in uh, the rise of Skywalker was when uh, they were talking to Lando and uh, they're like, how the hell did you do this? And Lando was like, we had each other. And I mean, yeah. he, he, he summed up the, the OT, like just with that one sentence, you know, we, you know, we, we had each other and that was it. Like nailed it. You know, that's, and you, you nailed it, you know, with that line in return of the Jedi, you know, faith in your friends. That, that's all they had. Um, and, and it worked, like you said. And uh, I, I agree. Ro, let's uh, get the uh, the chat. You know, feel free to ask some questions. This will be a lot more fun, the more interactive questions we get from the chat tonight. So feel free to uh, send them our ways. Yeah, I put up Amanda's um, comment here. Relationships include family. Uh, you know, she talks about Luke and Leia's relationship as siblings, and it was great to explore. I don't think they did enough of that in the original trilogy, and I know they touched uh on it a little bit in uh in the sequel trilogy obviously these characters are are you know rooted deep in our in our um in our hearts and our souls and and it would have been really fantastic to kind of see the 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 siblings uh interact with each other in a deeper level um but uh we you know we we didn't get that uh, unfortunately um, but I think, uh, you know, that, that's where this ancillary material comes in handy, you know, the comic books and the novels, and you're able to maybe, 
you know, see what we couldn't see in the films um, a little bit more, you know, fleshed out. I, I think, um, you know, Luke and Leia's relationship as siblings, as Amanda says, is, is, is an important part of the saga. I think, um, you know, obviously the films didn't do it justice. Uh, you know, there's a, a limiting, you know, aspect to, to filmmaking and, and, you know, the actor's availability and obviously, you know, Carrie Fisher passing away, but you know, the books and the novels and the comic books, those are things that, uh, you know, when done well, I think, uh, really, really can explore those things. What, what do you guys think about that? And anything come to mind, Brad, I know you're a big reader and uh, a big fan of the expanded universe, uh, you know, uh, prior to the Disney uh, sale. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, as far as the books go, one of the best examples of that and in, in showing a, a deeper relationship is Matt Stover's novelization of uh, revenge of the Sith which oh, yeah. if, if you haven't read that, it, it's an amazing read. Um, still can, it still counts. Um, and he showed the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin and how they were so close, like, you know, basically finishing each other's sentences and, and they knew what each other was thinking the entire time. And it immediately, um, I mean, I, I like the first scene. I, I like the opening scene. That's one of the most beautiful opening scenes in, in the entire saga. Um, but his um, description of that and uh, just talking about their deep relationship, um, he, he really nails it, which makes it that much more heartbreaking uh, at the end uh, with Anakin's betrayal uh, of Obi-Wan and the rest of the Jedi Order. Like, you are just absolutely crushed because the, these guys really were brothers. Um, and uh, there's actually an extra line in the novel, if I remember correctly, you know, when Obi-Wan says, uh, you know, you were my brother, Anakin, I loved you. If I remember correctly in the novelization, he says, but I couldn't save you. Um, and they didn't include that in, in, in the movie. I kind of wish they had. But uh, yeah, the the books, um, you talked about even Lando uh, and Lobot, you know, in the comic books too, they, they have a lot of good description of Lando's and Lobot's relationship, much more than you see in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, one question, you know, we're going to, you know, talk about the prequel trilogy and, you know, Anakin and Padme, but uh, I kind of wanted to force the lights uh, opinion on the uh, the Jedi's policy since this more falls under the religious context, the which uh, I think we're having more of a, a sort of, you know, I call the Jedi's the Catholics of the Star Wars universe. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Jedi's policy of not having intimate relationships and whether you think that did uh, possibly, uh, obviously contribute to Anakin's fall, but maybe the help contribute to the fall of the entire Jedi Order of now not allowing attachment of any kind. I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. My heart is beating, hoping that that kiss will not become a scar. You are in my very soul, tormented. I do I will do anything that you ask uh yeah I would go with yes I mean obviously I'm not I, I've many Catholic or you know love my Catholic brothers and sisters but uh I find it very problematic yeah I, I agree I mean there's plenty of people in the course of time who have felt that devoted or genuinely happy being alone and that's great if that's if that's your personal conviction yes but it's also been disastrous too uh, 
So I, I definitely think so. And I, that's why, because, because you guys brought up Mara Jade, which I've actually never really read that, that type of material. I was one to ask you guys, especially as Luke Skywalker fans and Brad, since you have read a lot of that material, were you kind of sad when they did the sequel trilogy to find out they made Luke keep to the old Jedi code, apparently, or at least we think from what we see and not have any significant other? Well, uh, yeah, in a way, but at least they do touch on it a little bit. Um, I mean, heir to the Jedi. Um, I mentioned that the other day on the on the Mandalorian uh, episode. He uh, almost has a relationship with uh, uh, the female protagonist in that one. Um, and uh, he one of the novelizations of the sequels, you know, he has a dream that he's that he was married. Um, but it, you know, ends up being nothing. It was just like a uh, his imagination. That happens to me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I, I like the way the legends did. Um, I like the way the legends handled that. They handled his relationship with Mara Jade and some of the uh, Corrin Horn, uh, his relation. You know, uh, finding out that his father, who was a Jedi, had a relationship, and and they talked about that sort of thing. Maybe uh, Luke wouldn't have been so old and bitter. Uh, had he been able to find find some uh, relation a uh, relationship, some attachment there in that thirty years, and not been so cold as he was in the Last Jedi. Yeah, love love might have helped him out there. Yeah, just, just a little bit. I have kind of a funny Mara Jade thing. Okay, so I actually didn't know about her, especially years ago when somebody told me this because I hadn't read the books. But um, I was being checked out at CVS by a, a very nice gentleman. And he said, you know who you look like? You look like Luke Skywalker's wife, Mara Jade. He said, if I could imagine her in real life, she'd look like you. And I was like, cool, I'm Luke Skywalker's <laughs> wife. Time you know, to start she, rocking the purple lightsaber. Right. right. Yeah. She was like, she's not in canon, Natalie. <laughs> she's <laughs> so not now. Like, Burst my bubble. <laughs> no, um, Mara was a, was a kick-ass character and, you know, they did that really well, though. Like, even though they were married, it didn't take away from her character at all. She was a, you know, a, a badass in, in her own right. Um, and she was at least equals with Luke the entire time. That's why so many people, you know, that that read Legends, you know, love and miss her so much is uh, even though they had a deep relationship, um, you know, she was she was a badass. And, um, you know, the kids that they all had. You know, Jason and Jaina and and Ben, uh, they were all great characters too, and you know that's why a lot of people miss them from the sequel trilogy, because uh, they made some really awesome characters. So the the cycle did continue in Legends, as far as the family relationships go, um, but we didn't get to see a lot of that because of the the way they handled the sequels. Well, and I want to say too on the subject, as my brain is thinking, it's late. My brain may just spit things out <laughs> randomly. It's true, but. Um, Back, you know, as I said about the original trilogy and how I believe friendship and those connections, those relationships is what hooked people into this trilogy and made it what it is. I also would have to say one of my as I became a teenager, one of the things that truly made me love even more deepened my love even more to the original trilogy was Han and Leia. And I am a firm believer if that Han and Leia relationship didn't work, it's one of my favorite relationships in all of movies, honestly, their relationship. Had it not worked to such the extent that it did, giving us this incredible iconic scene of I love you, I know, 
uh, had it not worked on that level, I don't think Star Wars would be as big as it is today. And, and I know that's that may sound ridiculous, but I think all these things coming together, it, it's just like this, the stars align for the Star Wars, the OT trilogy, and it's why we're still talking about it all these years later. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ro, can you throw up? Uh, it's it's a couple. It's it's up a little bit in the chat, but uh, uh, Danny had a, a comment about uh, you know we were mentioning the the Catholic Church and and attachment, and th this is something that has grinded my gears, uh, as Peter would say, for 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 a while. I really hate how they treat Anakin in uh, the Phantom Menace, uh, just tearing this kid apart because he misses his mother. How like how wrong could you be? Like, of course he yeah. missed. Like, why would he? And and you and let's say you people, you people are supposed <laughs> to be about love and compassion, yeah. and you can't have empathy for this kid that he's nine years old. I can't do it, mom. I just can't do it. Honey, will I ever see you again? What does it hurt to tell you? I hope so. Yes. I guess. Then we will see each other again. I will come back and free you, Mom. I promise. Now, be brave. His mother is the only person that he's had, you know, the entire time. She's protected him from the uh, from the slave owners, um, you know, from the huts, um, from Wado, uh, Tatooine itself, um, and and they just chastise him for missing his mother. He, the, those, those people, say, those those people, those <laughs> people. They sealed the deal in Episode One uh, with that with that first interaction. With, with him going to the dark side. Yes, I'm about personal responsibility. Yes, it was ultimately him. But the, the Jedi Council sealed the deal with that first interaction that they had with him. Yeah, you it can... really, really chaps your hide, Brad. We uh, I remember talking about this uh, on a previous show, you know, um, but, uh, and again, not making excuses, but, you know, I think the Jedi Council, obviously, when they uh, take a child from, uh, from its family, a Force-sensitive child, you know, they grow up. Um, not knowing their family. And I think uh, they were kind of taken at a disadvantage. Um, you know, this is, this is how they deal with that sort of separation. But the fact that, um, you know, nine-year-old Anakin was too old to begin the training, um, because of that, I think that kind of, uh, like you said, set the stage for, you know, these decisions kind of, you know, sm snowball into uh, such a, a weird effect of, of uh, you know, disillusion with, with this kid, uh, you know, Anakin, um, which kind of, you know, started to, you know, snowball, this, this snowball effect, uh, making wrong decisions and attachment and feeling, you know, certain ways about uh, the Jedi Council, you know, questioning his choices uh, that, that, that were made for him. And these are choices that you know he didn't have, he didn't have the 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 uh, the freedom to 
to make these choices on his own. And obviously, you know, when babies are taken away from their families, they don't have that choice either. But as they grow older into within the system, you know, something changes in, in them that by the time they get to Anakin's age, they don't question it. It's just part of how they grew up. And Anakin didn't grow up that way. He, like you said, he missed his mother. He had these feelings that um, none of the other Jedi kids had because they were very different. And, and I'm going to disagree with, uh, from a certain point of view in the, in the chat, uh, I don't think he was too old to begin the training. I think they should have just not cut off that attachment with his mother. What, 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 what was the downside? What, I mean, maybe... I mean, so so legends kind of went into this. I'm not. I can't think of any um, canon material that really talks about the attachment too much. Obviously, the the Master and Apprentice, the, you know, the Claudia Gray books talk about it a little bit, but the legends talked about it more. You know, the the Jedi were afraid that these attachments would lead them down the dark side if, you know, your lover was threatened or held hostage. You know, you would forget your Jedi vows and and do whatever you had to do to, uh, you know, save your your loved one. But I just don't see the the logic in not letting him have some limited, at least limited form of attachment with, with his mother. Well, yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it's like that is, like you said, age nine. And like, that's all he's ever known. I mean, I think that is most definitely uh, kind of traumatizing. Um, you know, she's been his protection and uh, the closest person to him in his life. So, I mean, you know, and once again, like you said, it's not that we make excuses for people or, but, you know, our childhoods and things like that, they do certainly potentially affect us and the choices we make later in life. So yeah, if they maybe would have just let him have some time with her and stuff, it's like, it might've been a different result. Well, and I want to say that Luke, they pretty much give uh Obi-Wan and Yoda kind of give Luke this their version of the same speech in The Empire Strikes Back when Luke has seen these visions of Han and Leia in pain and he oh, yeah. wants to go to them. And they're saying, you know, Yoda's like, no, if they die, kind of like if they die, they die. Like, you can't go. And Luke is like, heck no. Like, these are my friends. This is my family. And I'm going. And, uh, you know, of course, I think it was a good thing he went um, ultimately. And you see that it's his family and Leia that ultimately saves him at the end of the movie because of their deep connection and attachment to one another. So I think Luke's kind of, again, the antidote to what happens in the prequel in the prequels. And it's kind of like, no, I'm not doing it that way. And un unfortunately, at least according to the last Jedi, um, Luke really, that was one of the few lessons that he actually paid attention to. Um, because, you know, he basically taught Ray the same thing, especially in the novelization um, of The Last Jedi. Um, there, there's a whole segment about not getting involved and let the universe just work itself out the way, the way it's supposed to work out. And uh, I don't think Luke, in his heart of hearts, actually agrees with that. Um, yeah. Luke is the type to automatically just jump right in there and get involved. Um, so it, it's, it's sad that he actually listened on that one and da danny's got a point here you know regarding um the jedi interfering with the will of the force and how the force proceeded to spend six plus movies kind of restoring the balance you know we talked a little bit about that and how um you know it's, it's dangerous to assign um i guess um 
assign uh not blame but just assign conviction to uh, uh a force of energy like that you know we talked about uh, that with alex um regarding you know was was the force acting on rebalancing the galaxy by destroying um you know the the jedi and then bringing balance back to the force it was uh, it, it's an interesting it, it, interesting topic uh, to say the least. Um, but, you know, we, we, we always go back to that. We don't think that, you know, um, for lack of a better word, you know, God destroys, you know, this because they're, it's, it's a bad thing or the force does, you know, wipes out half of the population of the galaxy just to kind of bring the for, uh, bring the galaxy back into balance. Um, we talked, we talk a lot about that in previous episodes. I don't think that's how the force works. Um, at least, you know, I, you know, if we're going to equate the force with kind of a, the force on the religious aspect, the force of, of God, I don't think that's how God works. Um, just right. to kind of, you know, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me, but it, it's an interesting topic nonetheless. Um, because, uh, I don't know. It's like I said, it's, it's kind of a dangerous precedent to say, uh, that happens because then you can, you can justify almost anything to that, that logic. Well, and something I was thinking of, and uh, I know I really need to go back and watch the prequels. It's, it's been too long. Uh, but something I think Michelle and correct me if I'm wrong, you've kind of, uh, implied to me before that kind of like when Anakin was coming up, those set of Jedis and stuff, they were a little more dogmatic. Well, definitely. Uh, that's what, that's what we're saying. They had all these rules that weren't willing to bend, you know, and there wasn't really enough balance. And, you know, and like you said, bringing in the religious side of things, it's kind of like when you have families or people that grow up in very dogmatic well, fundamentalist, fundamentalist, yeah. fundamentalist homes, it's not very balanced and often causes the kids to rebel and stuff like that, you know, or want to go a different way because it wasn't a pleasant experience growing up. Uh, and so I think that's kind of the same thing that they were maybe dealing with growing up in that atmosphere, uh, the younglings or something, because there wasn't enough, enough freedom and letting the force move or, you know, in the, the church's case, just letting the Holy spirit move and let that guide you. You know, um, uh... About these zero and size noodles comments, um, you know, say what you want to about that relationship, but that was a, a fun little arc in in the Clone Wars, and mostly because it had Quinlan Voss in it, and it had Obi Wan Kenobi working with Quinlan Voss. So those were some great episodes. So don't don't knock the zero and size noodles, even though she had one of the most annoying voices that they could have possibly come up with uh, for that. But uh, you know, one of the most this might be you know probably get off the whole baby thing here in a little bit, but one of the, the creepiest uh, arcs of the Clone Wars, uh, and they kind of repeated this in, in Rebels, was, uh, you know, the Sith going around and, and stealing babies. Um, and uh, I think they end up taking the Mustafar is where, is where they were hiding them in, in the Clone Wars. Um, but that's pretty much the equivalent of what the Jedi were doing, no? I mean, so... Is there a is there a moral imperative, or do, do the Jedi automatically have a moral high ground to be doing the same thing? Literally, both sides were taking babies from their from their mothers and and fathers, and and raising them for for a certain, you know, dogmatic. Were the, were the Sith doing that 
at the same time the Jedi were doing that? I, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I remember so a, a lot of those, a lot of those ones that you saw in the clone wars are the ones that end up being seven sister, fifth brother, all that kind of stuff. Some of those were the ones that ended up doing that. <clears throat> so but yeah, they were, weren't those inquisitors, um, fallen Jedi though. Some, yeah. A lot of them were, okay. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, the you know, Palpatine was doing this. They they were trying. They were stealing babies, and they got a bunch of them back. But yeah, so I mean, it's the same thing, right? I was gonna say, I feel like Semperfy Danny has a good question after we finish this. Yeah. Is that? Is that oh is yeah. The, the Raylo question. That's the Raylo yeah. question. I think that question's the great mystery, is it not? I mean, do we know who she was supposed to end up with? <laughs> Okay, Danny, uh, I think we're going to agree here. I, I did like Raylo. I'll be honest. I, you know, when they kissed and he smiled at her and he'd, you know, come back to his true self, I kind of loved it. Michelle looked at it more as like a, a thing. It was a, a thank you kiss. A thank you kiss. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like I hate them. I hate those. <laughs> I mean, the dude had just given her life. I mean, I would kiss him too. <laughs> talk a little bit about Raylo, but uh, there's a very interesting comment in here by Jesse and let me put it up. And I, I want you guys to, to read this because it's definitely uh, in, in your uh, wheelhouse here. So I'll read it. I view the original intention of the no attachment rule in the vein of Luke 1426 that says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, brothers and sisters, such a person cannot be my disciple. Yeah, I think I think I get what he's saying. I think that's definitely what they were going for. But Jesus is also giving extreme parables there yeah. because he picked disciples that were married. Peter was married. Multiple of them were married, and he didn't literally mean. Yeah, I don't hate think he your brother. expected them them to hate he, their family. Yeah, it was just you know that God has to be first. Uh, which which again, compare using that though, that is a good thought. It's like the Jedi thing could have been the force could be first in their life and they still could have had relationships. Sure. Yeah. Good comment there, Jesse. Thank you very much for that. But, Oh, dude, she's got a follow up here. It's not literally about hating the person. It's about recognizing that a person's relationship to and submission to God is still the priority. And uh, from a certain yeah, point of view, you are correct. This is, this is, this is deep. How is that? That's not a conflict of interest. How you, you can be a force loving Jedi and, and and still have a relationship. I don't see yeah. how those are mutually exclusive. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. Uh, I think that was one of the area. I mean, because let's face it, uh, if you look through the prequels, George was setting up the Jedi to be wrong to a degree, like to have a lot right, but to also have some wrong. And I think that was one of the areas that they were too dogmatic and too harsh on, and it cost them. Especially as more they release more and more stories where. All these Jedi are having side relationships. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they're they all so they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Ray is absolutely right. Love has no limits. I did want to take your hand. 
Ben's hand. And speaking of love, how I'm about that? How about camp. those? No, no, no. We've got some great stuff coming out on Twitter these days. Sure, sure, yeah. But uh, you know the the situation with uh, Raylo. Um, you know, early on we had uh, fans that were really interested in seeing you know Ray and uh, Kylo uh, get together at the end. We didn't know what was going to happen before the Rise of Skywalker. There was a lot of uh, talk on the internet, but. Uh, you know, it, it was a, a little bit controversial. Uh, people were talking about that relationship as kind of an abusive, uh, in, in, in invasive relationship, especially after The Force Awakens when Kylo seemed to, you know, violate, uh, you know, Ray by, you know, penetrating deep inside her mind and, and, and going... Wasn't that Snoke? No, Didn't... no, during, during the... Um, when she was uh, strapped to the uh, that uh, oh yeah 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 that's the answer so uh, I did not consent yeah <laughs> right and I'm a fourth grader over here <laughs> so what do you guys think about that relationship and I know you know we've got uh, the events that happened with uh, the rise of Skywalker where um, I you know I'm still kind of up in the air on on that relationship um, you know what what do you guys think what what happened there. Well, I will say this. I thought The Force Awakens possibly set up her and Finn a little bit. I mean, I mean, and it also could have just been friendship. It could have gone either way. Um, you know, as in the, the end of the first one, you know, Leia looks at both Luke and Han, kind of like, yeah, which one will I go for? So I kind of thought they were setting that up. But then there was undeniable chemistry between Daisy Ridley and uh, Adam Driver, in my opinion, especially in that elevator scene. And then ultimately the throne room scene, but, and, and there are little connections. I mean, that too, uh, to where like, I would have been fine with it in a way in a movie sense. But if you think in reality, you wouldn't be fine with it because at the end of the day, Kylo was like a mass murderer. And, and, and here's the bottom line. As we've said before, I, I guess I like the bad boys in, in a real, in a real situation, <laughs> In a real situation, had Kylo lived, he would have at probably best case scenario been like exiled. I mean, I don't know. Like the, the galaxy's just flat out not forgiving that you were, you know, kind of responsible for like millions dying. I mean, so it, that's just not it's not a great record. It's, it's not as much as I still his his end touches me and I love it. I feel like they almost had to repeat the Vader death thing because they had killed so many people. It was just an easier way to handle their redemption. <laughs> uh, and Danny, yeah, I really liked your, I viewed their relationship as a redemptive yes. love. I, yeah. I really liked that. I think that's kind of how I interpreted it. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it in many aspects and would have been fine with it. But then as you think deeper into it, it's like, I understand where Disney was also in a tough situation there. Of Do we want to, be this to be the message to little girls or not? <laughs> I see your point when I think about that. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I, you, can't, I, you can't always ride away in the sunset on the back of a Harley with your man. No, <laughs> that's not life. <laughs> that sounds like a really bad Hallmark card. But uh, uh, I see, I see the more as kindred spirits. Um, yeah, I think they do yeah. well as kindred spirits and. Kindred spirits don't always have to be, you know, in a romantic relationship. 
So I think they did the kindred spirit thing really well. Um, so uh, I'm with uh, Danny on, you know, romantic. No, uh, too much drama there. Uh, too much history there. Um, it, it, that that relationship did not start off well with the interrogation. Um, but, you know, I, I want to take one second to kind of defend, you know, Raylos, I guess they're called, or Raylo advocates, whatever you want to call them, you know, because I, I think they really, now, of course, there's people on the fringe of, of any fandom. We, we all know that. But, you know, the, they, they got attacked really bad, I think, over the last couple couple years. And, you know, again, it's one more time we're talking about fiction here. So, you know, if, if that's what you, as Roe likes to say, ship, uh, if that's what you ship, then, then then so be it. You know, it, you know, for some reason, that story connects with you for, for whatever reason, whatever part of your personality or your history um, or your, your mental state right now, that it connects with you. So I, I don't think they should have gotten the, the bad rap that they did um, and let them enjoy whatever they like. Well, and into in in their defense, like I genuinely, I will say this, Adam Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley, there was genuine much more chemistry between the two of them than there was Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. Like uh, 100%. night and day more. Well, and I was going to say, am I the only one that thinks there was like a, like a tangible physical attraction between the two at times? I, I mean, I think there was. Definitely. If you look at the behind the scenes, they they, they didn't mind filming together. <laughs> so because you can, you just you see that on screen yeah let me ask you guys this uh uh the word kinship was uh mentioned a couple of minutes ago you know they kind of went through the same thing with uh you know a little bit of abuse but uh do you guys think that their characters um went through similar abusive aspects of of their lives um and then culminating to what we saw in the rise of Skywalker, I think, you know, there, there, there was uh, a diversion in what Disney wanted to relate as, as characters, as, as that relationship, uh, you know, for, for a long time, you didn't know if, if it was going to be romantic, you didn't know if it's going to be, you know, anything other than that. It, it was, um, and I think that's what confused me, you know, watching, you know, the three movies unfold as they did, you know, uh, Adam Driver's, you know, Kylo Ren is a very strong character. And by the time we realize um, that, you know, you, you kind of look at him different because you realize what he's gone through, um between you know Snoke's manipulation and growing up a a, a you know Solo slash Skywalker, I don't know if their characters kind of were going on uh, along the same path, uh, enable uh, you know for them to to kind of meet at the middle at the end of this trilogy. Do you guys feel that there were certain connections, certain points that that uh, connected with them together, or was it just too parallel? Uh, I think that's a really good point. And if you think about it in some ways, in different ways, I mean, they took different paths and had very different uh, lives, but it's like they were both kind of tortured souls in a way. And and maybe that's my thing with Kylo Ren. And I love a good redemption story. I mean, I do. I, I mean, I think a lot of humans do. It's just part of who we are. But um, uh, gosh, my brain tonight. But he totally redeemed himself. I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, thinking about Disney, though, I mean, it could have been a Beauty and the Beast situation. I mean, it could 
Could have been their and, version of and that. And maybe some women subconsciously from a bad boyfriend or bad relationship, we have that like subconscious fantasy that that guy that was a nightmare, like maybe all of a sudden one day he'll wake up and be wonderful and look at us with eyes of love. You know, I can take whatever I want. I'm not giving you anything. We'll see. Well, and that, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, and that's that, that, happen. And that's the danger. Subconscious. That's the danger there of that relationship, and right. probably why Disney ultimately did not go that route. I think the honest truth with Ben, with Ben Solo or with uh, Kylo Ren, you honestly have a hard time. It's more in the other material believing he's as bad as he actually is, because he has such tender moments with uh, Ray in this trilogy. So you almost forget how terrible he's actually been <laughs> yeah somebody somebody mentioned in the chat um finn and ray and i like that r romantically i like that option much better and i think jj set that one up uh, i think they had a very cute i would call it cute relationship uh in episode seven um you know the whole boyfriend you got a cute boyfriend um you know droid please but you know i i i think they had a you know it was fun then, and I and but you could see that they deeply cared for each other, um, and there was no torture involved uh, or interrogations involved, um, and enhanced interrogation uh, involved in, in that relationship. So I, I like Finn and and Ray as a romantic relationship, um, and I would have liked to have seen. Um, now we talk about redemption, and and you you mentioned that he would have been exiled. Um, you know, the Star Wars universe doesn't really follow the same rules as ours as far as uh, what people can get away with uh, or forgiven for. I would have liked to have seen um, Ray and Kylo leading up the, uh, a new Jedi Order together. And, of course, we've, we've talked about Grey Jedi or whatever you want to call them, um, that Bendu theme. I would have liked to have seen them both as headmasters uh, of the new Jedi Order uh, working side by side. So I see them as more of a – they have more professional, uh, shall we say, um, you know, relationship. And, um, you know, I, I think Finn and Ray would, would have been a much better fit. Well, I want to say that because I brought that up because I feel like JJ definitely set that up in seven. And then we got the Rose and Finn disasters kiss and <laughs> in the last Jedi and, and then they're setting up the Kylo and that thing. But I think it's kind of like you said there, I mean, there's definitely tension there. And like I said, they've got more chemistry together than, uh, Natalie Portman and Anna, and Hayden Christensen did for sure. Um, but that doesn't take much. But, um, but I, I said this to a friend, I said that Kylo's the type of guy you have fun with and Finn's the, Finn's the guy you marry. Like that, that was my wording in that. Like you marry Finn, like Finn's the good guy. And they, you're right. They have a very deep on an emotional level, just as deep or more deep than Kylo and her. Kylo and her have this weird force connection and that this destiny that's like intertwined where her and Finn have just truly a genuine human connection. Yeah, well, I, I love how Finn loves her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my God, she does. <laughs> and, and don't you think they kind of left that open-ended? Like you never know, like if they got together, you know, after that, I mean, I know they were first and foremost friends, of course, but I mean, you never know. And, yeah. And his, his secret was, I guess, according to the novelization that, he was, in fact, force sensitive um, yeah, that yeah. entire time. So they could have had good little, you know, Jedi babies uh, together. <laughs> That's right. 
And, you know, some people wanted to see uh, Poe and Finn together. And uh, as you said, Poe and Finn had more chemistry than what Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman did. So, you know, uh, I don't think that's their fault, though. I, I blame the writing and directing of, of George uh, on that one, but. Yeah, I think you had to pick, and I and you know I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to blame any of them, but you already had Natalie Portman. So when you were doing, when you were casting Anakin, they had to have chemistry with Natalie Portman, or it just wasn't going to work because you know this relationship is literally critical to this trilogy. <laughs> but we well, got and, what we and, got. She's, and she's a good actress. Uh, she's a great so actress. I don't know what happened. There. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, I just, yeah. I just think the lines were clunky. I mean, yeah, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> if if you turn the Rose and in, in, uh, Finn kiss into two movies, that's what it would, that's what it would have looked like. Yeah, there, there's some folks in the chat. I agree. Like if you watch, like if you look at the pictures, uh, the still frames, or if you look at the behind the scenes of um, the prequels, uh, Hayden and and Natalie, they they had fun together. They actually had chemistry. If you are suffering as much as I am, please tell me. But it was just the, the writing and directing was just so off. The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The, the thought of not being with you. Um, that's why it didn't work. So I, I don't blame the actors necessarily on that one. Um, the, hey, I just killed an entire village here. Have some blue milk and cookies. <laughs> I, I, I blame the, the, the dialogue, not, not them as actors. Well, I, I think you're right on that. And a point I will make on that, I know Harrison Ford, when they were doing The New Hope, like he, they said something, he he was like, these lines are terrible, basically. Yeah, you can and, write this, you can't say it. Yes, exactly. So I, yeah. I do think that that, I mean, the whole sand line but that Anakin gives, us. <laughs> I mean, it's just so bad. It's, it's unbelievable. So I think that was a lot of it the writing, those lines were, were really bad. I mean, it's like, if you're like this computer, it's so silvery and smooth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's so romantic. We can't, it's just not possible. Anything is possible, Padme, listen to me. No, you listen. We live in a real world. Come back to it. You're starting to become a Jedi, I'm, I'm a Senator. If you follow your thoughts through to conclusion, it'll take us to a place we cannot go, regardless of the way we feel about each other. Then you do feel something. I will not let you give up your future for me. You are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. Believe me, I wish that I could just wish away my feelings, but I can't. I'm just a senator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <clears throat> well, and do we want to bring up another relationship in Star Wars that's intriguing, which Natalie's not seen because she's not seen Clone Wars, but as Obi-Wan had a little romance on the side. He's he's a player, man. Obi-Wan's always been a player. You know, <laughs> definitely. For that one. <laughs> you know, the relationships with uh the relationships that are not part of the films are are some of the really good ones. I mean, you know, obviously we talked about Skywalker and uh Mara Jade. Um, but, uh, yeah, Obi-Wan and Satine, um, a lot of speculation there. And I wonder if we're going to, you know, see any more additional information regarding that. I know, you know, we're going to get an Obi-Wan series. Uh, I wonder if they're going to, you know, touch on that, but, uh, what other relationships do we have? We've got, um, 
Well, it would all be the cartoons or books at that point. Right. Yeah. And and I will say this, I thoroughly loved, and that's why I said, I, you know, when I even kind of emailed you, Ro, about talking about this, it was fine, the sequel trilogy with the way it went, that's fine. But Disney has now done how many movies? We got uh, five. And I mean, you had Kira and Han Solo, but you know that one's going to have to end. Uh, there's not really been a romance in any of their movies. And at some point, it'd be, I, I, again, going back to Han and Leia, I think that's what made it so large and got so many people on board. It, it's just an element that uh, brings in another layer of people that will enjoy it. Well, and like we said, I think friendship is the heart, yes. but it doesn't hurt anything to have a good romance for people that are, you know, bigger romance fans, maybe. Yeah, I think in good trilogies, like The Hunger Games, even The Matrix, we just watched those. I mean, so many of them, Star Wars, they have a romance element because that's what allows them to bring in so many more people. Yeah, Indiana Jones and, yeah. and Marion Ravenwood. Uh, I just uh, talked to, you know, the science fictionary about uh, that trilogy um, or the quadrilogy, I guess, because, uh, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. But uh, Solo is a, a very different uh, romance because, like, you're right, you know, that relationship has to end sometimes because we know that by the time we meet him in A New Hope, he's he's alone. He's Solo. <laughs> if you catch my <laughs> meaning. But, um, yeah, you know, another relationship people are talking about is also from that movie is uh, Lando and L3. And um, I don't know if we want to go there. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what the heck? <laughs> was there not like some chemistry there? I mean, what what was Lucasfilm going for on that one? And can I we, can we just be real? I literally had the thought, like, how, how, that, how does that work? Well, literally, Kier says that. Oh, it works. That works. It works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems a little odd. It's, it's a little yeah. awkward. And Lando, he just, like, let's just be real. Like, you know... I guess Disney wanted to make it different, but I mean, Lando is just a ladies man. Like that's just the, that is Billy D Williams five. Like that man, he's smooth. He's smooth. And I mean, he was, he didn't care that Han was right there next to Leia. He was yeah. going for it. <laughs> he had game. He did. If, if I don't say WD 40, I feel like it would just be a missed opportunity right now. So I'll just say it and we'll move on. So WD 40 and we lost Natalie. That's All how right. you make it work. Uh, WD forty and and but people in the chat are mentioning uh, Dark Disciple. Uh, I love it. Fantastic, love fantastic it. book. Um, and uh, she, that was supposed to be uh, that was supposed to be one of the original arcs in in the Clone Wars before it got uh, cut off the the first time. Fantastic job turning that into a novelization. Obviously, there's all kinds of good things in Dark Disciple. Moral issues with the Jedi Order and uh, when assassination becomes okay. Uh, when when the Jedi say so, I guess that's when assassination becomes okay. Um, but uh, both Quinlan Voss and uh, Asajj Ventress, very troubled characters. Um, and again, this is one of those kindred spirits uh, type stories. But th those were kindred spirits, which I think would have had a very good relationship. I don't want to give too much away. I'm, I'll just say if, if you're in the chat. But yeah, I don't want to give away too much about Dark Disciple. Definitely give it a read, though. Uh, oh, incredible book. Love that book. And I will say, I think I can say this without spoiling. I think that's a good comparison to the Raylo thing. And again, I would have in many ways been happy with Raylo. They had good chemistry. I liked Ben Solo. Uh, but I could have been happy with it. But I do think Finn overall is more marriage material. But, but going back to 
uh, Dark Disciple. It's a little different if you compare that to Raylo because Quinlan Voss and Asajj, Asajj has not really done anything to him. She's already even kind of leaving the dark as she meets him. So their love just kind of pull, they kind of pull each other towards the middle in a way. Uh, so I find it a little less abusive in a way. Uh, I think, you know, so I think it works a little, a little easier. Hera. I told the commander the site is secure and operations can resume. We're gonna be okay. You know that, right? You realize I know when you're lying, right? Whatever you're facing, I wanted us to face it together. We'll see each other again. I promise. What do you guys think of uh, Rebels and the rela the relationships uh, in that, specifically Kanan and Hera? I, I loved it. I only wish that we would have gone a little bit more of it, honestly. I was yeah. I was I was gonna say something a little bit. I mean, I loved it, but I was gonna say I like how much they didn't put on screen. <laughs> uh, I think I think I just think it worked. Um, they alluded to it in the um, the novel that came out, uh, the one that came out um, at the start of the the series. Um, but uh, I like that you knew that there was a relationship there, but. It was something that obviously happened behind closed doors, not to interfere with their uh, the rebel cause there. But you knew it was there, and uh, you know when they finally kind of showed a little bit of it, and and I think it was just the last season. Yeah, it was, it was like it meant a lot when when they actually showed it on screen. So I, I think they did it pretty well in that case. They did it really well. I mean, it's a, there's oh, there's such you. a there's such a tenderness to that relationship. Um, and like I said, you know, at that that final episode where you realize that, uh, you know, they had a child together, uh, it, it was just, you know, your mind can kind of fill things in without, you know, without you being shown it. So uh, the relationship, the growth uh, of not only them two, but the, the entire crew of the ghost um, was was a fantastic thing to kind of. Uh, watch um and then kind of like maybe fill in the blanks too on your own but it's uh whatever it is that you thought of i think somehow it was validated by how these two kind of grew together um within their their relationship their love and it was it was really nice to see it was really nice to see um you know that that kind of uh develop yeah I agree that, yeah, that, I mean, Dave Filoni just did such a great job with the relationships of the whole crew because, uh, you know, Hera and Kanan, they're really like parents to Sabine and Ezra too. So there's just so many different, and then what's his name? Why am I forgetting his name? The, the big, uh, Zeb. yeah, Zeb is kind of like their brother, uh, everyone's brother. So it's yeah. more of a yeah. Yeah, he, he can kind of be like that. I mean, so I just think uh, he did a great job because, again, if you don't get relationships right, friendships, when I say relationships, I mean friendships right, then you don't get Star Wars. That's why, to me, what by the end of, say, in The Mandalorian, by that, that final episode, we have our core group now. Like, yeah. that, we, we kind of need them, I, in my opinion, uh, you know, the Mandalorian, it's obviously him and, and the child for the most part, but even him and Cara Dune and Grief Karga, to me, I want that because that's Star Wars. Like they're, they're the gang now. Yeah. Like those, those, again, just, it's not Star Wars without those deep, meaningful friendships. And putting your neck on the line to help For somebody them. else. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, there's a, an interesting comment that I'd like to kind of touch on um, the tragedy of uh, relationships. Uh, can we talk about how every canon couple has ended in tragedy? Um, but I think, you know, that's that's also part of humanity. That's also part of the evolution of of, uh, of relationships. Um, you know, when you when you get married, you take your vows, uh, you know, love you till till death do you part. It's an eventuality and it's unfortunate. I, I was I, I've been trying to think of um, now, now that we had that comment, I've been trying to think of one that didn't end in tragedy, but I nothing comes to mind. Off the top of my head. I just saw that comment. Jar, Jar Jar Binks and Queen Julia. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and, and Danny, I'm I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to fight you on that. Um, I agree that Han and Chewie is the best, and you know that's why we talked, yeah, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago about how even though his uh, life debt ended with Han, he still stuck with the rebellion or the the resistance uh, instead of uh, going back to Kashyyyk. Any uh, final thoughts on relationships and love in the Star Wars universe? No, just that they gave me one of my favorite romances in all of movies and Han and Leia. I think it's your favorite. It is. It is like my favorite. I mean, that's like, that's like the I know is an iconic scene. And uh, the relationships, again, is key with Star Wars. It, 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 it doesn't matter how many lightsabers, gunslinging you have. If you don't have core that's what friendships, grounded. That's, that's what makes Star Wars Star Wars. So I, I'm just, you know, hoping in the future, and I already see them in The Mandalorian as far as friendship. I hope in the future they add another special romance, too, down the road. Yes. Uh, Force of Light, let everybody know where they can find you if uh, if you, people are not familiar. I, I think everybody's familiar with you, but uh, let's uh, give you guys a shout out. Where are you guys at? Yes. Well, first of all, we encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel because we have some things that are strictly YouTube only events. But then also you can find us all place podcasts are. And we are on Twitter and Instagram at Force of Light Entertainment. And at Excellent. the red5network.com. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Part of a Red 5 Network family. So good to have you guys on here. And Brad and I are uh, two-thirds of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Sometimes we get Alex on board. We talk all things Star Wars, uh, having a lot of fun with the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Uh, we recently just uh, received an email that we are also on... Um, what was it? Amazon Music. I think Amazon mm -hmm. Music is doing uh, some new stuff. So uh, we just added uh, the podcast there. I think a lot of folks are doing that as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, ev everywhere you find uh, your favorite podcast, uh, you know, search for the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. We'd uh, love to hear what you guys think. Um, we also have a hotline, 773-234-8659. Give us a shout out. Um, we love to kind of include those voicemails in, uh, our shows. So, uh, folks, please give us a call at 773-234-8659. Operators are standing by 24 seven. Not really, but it's automated. You can just kind of leave your They're message droids. there. They're droids. <laughs> Excellent. All right, guys, everybody in the chat, may the force be with you and, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Don't forget to give us a follow. Force of Light, Scare of Scuttlebutt Podcast, Red 5 Network. May the Force be with you. 
Ladies, you know how we we end our show. We're going to let you guys do it this time around. And that's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>